This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's welcome aboard right now London Fletcher. Um, he's working with Crown Royal. We'll get into that here momentarily. Hey, London, Taz and the Moose with you. Appreciate the time this morning. London, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Uh, hanging in there, London. Hanging in there. Um, you know, Thursday hanging night. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, London. Uh, you know, I'm not a big – I don't love the Thursday night pro- product. Where, I, I, where don't. I don't mind it as much. So we're Taz kind of doesn't at, mind yeah. it. We agree to disagree on <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you get a lot of bad football when you're rushing teams back on the field four days after they just played. I don't – I think early in the season it's not going to be as bad because – you know, week two, guys' bodies are still relatively fresh. Um, as you get in the latter part of the season, um, November, December, it, it is extremely uh, tough on the body, especially for the uh, for the road team. I've played in a couple of Thursday night games on the, uh, at home and on the road, and uh, the road team definitely is at a disadvantage just because of the travel and, and that short week. And, and also, depending on how physical the uh, Sunday game was that they played in, Right, right, no doubt. And and speaking of that road team, as we know, the Bucks tonight, London, they, they go on the road and they play Carolina, you know. Uh, so what, what do you think? I mean, give, give us your thoughts, opinions uh, from a player perspective as, a, as a, a, a guru defensively as you were in your career, an awesome player uh, on Jameis Winston, man. You know, Moose and I were talking a good amount about him. I mean, give us give us a little breakdown on him, what you think of him and what he could do this year. What well, think? Getting getting with uh, Bruce Arians and um, Byron Leftwich is going to be a benefit to uh, to Jameis. He has tremendous talent, you know, the arm talent, all the things are there. Um, now it's just a matter of him cleaning up his fundamentals, um, you know, being being precise with where he needs to go with the football. Um, I know he threw a couple of interceptions, what three interceptions on uh, Sunday, and yes. Bruce uh, came out and said two of those weren't his fault. So that's uh, getting. Getting guys on the same page with him as well. I think. I think as the season progresses, Jameis will. Um, you'll start to see Jameis excel in his Bruce Arians offense. And when and when you look at Carolina here, you know McCaffrey's absolutely a stud. We know that. What about where Cam Newton is health wise? I mean, there he's getting asked questions over the last couple of days about throwing the ball deep. Where do you think that shoulder is for Cam? You know, I live here in Charlotte, and and. That's all everybody wants to talk about is, uh, you know, Cam. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Cam Newton fan. I think with him being at this point in his career, he should be further along um, as far as being uh, more accurate with the football. And um, you know, this is even prior to the surgery, shoulder injury. Um, I don't, I don't know that they feel like either they don't trust Cam to throw it deep on a regular basis, consistent basis, or they don't feel they have the the receivers that can. You know, stretch the field, get deep, and do all those things on a consistent basis. So that's something that um, I'm not sure if it's a combination of both, or if it's just say Cam's arm, shoulder is not totally fully there, and to have him, you know, throwing the football, you know, um, down the field, um, they don't feel comfortable. But I will say this: 
if you're a defense and you you feel like a quarterback's not going to throw the ball further than 20 yards down the field, you can just be more aggressive. You can take more more chances from a from a defense standpoint. I can remember um, playing against um, Chad Pennington, mm. and Chad was a, a really good quarterback, extremely accurate, and um, but Chad wasn't one who was really going to challenge you vertical down the field often throughout a ball game. So, you know, in our defensive meetings, hey, you know, we tell the deep defensive coordinator, tell the defensive back, hey, he's not going to throw it deep. You know, you don't have to be um, as concerned with the deep ball. And even even when I played, uh, you know, maybe cover two, and I'm the middle linebacker having to run down the middle of the field deep, I'm like, man, I'm not running down that field. He's not throwing it <laughs> deep. So I, can, I got an interception off him because I didn't go deep. I followed the Jets a lot back then, London, when you talk about And you're right. I remember that uh, about Chad. Uh, and he didn't have a gun on him. He couldn't throw the ball deep. But, but Zach Chad, was, Chad was extreme. Right. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was just say his accuracy, to your point, was, was tremendous, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he was able to get away with it and play a long period of time and the, and the Jets won with Chad because of his accuracy and you know they they designed the offense to get the ball out of out of his hands quickly and took advantage of his skill set um that's where again and I don't know if if James uh, I'm sorry if um Cam, if um Cam, Cam is is having difficulty throwing a deep ball so if that's the case then Norv's going to have to um you know design an offense like the Jets used with the with Chad Pennington. Right, right. Now, so so sticking on, on the Panthers for a second, London. So, obviously, the running back, McCaffrey, tremendous, right? He had he close to 130 yards last week, a couple touchdowns, you know, against the Rams, a good a good Rams defense, even though the Panthers lost the game. Uh, speak on that. As a linebacker, inside backer, you can speak on that better than anybody, uh, you know, as far as taking care of the running back, watching the running back, covering the running back, first responsibilities, right? Watching that running back. Talk on McCaffrey a little bit, man. I mean, uh, you... you are you, I would assume you're a fan of this guy's play. He's tremendous. Oh, I'm so much of a fan. I drafted him in my fantasy league. Ah, there you <laughs> go. My, <fantasy. laughs> my man, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I had the third pick, and I wasn't sure he would be there. And uh, there he was. He was there waiting for me, and it, it, it didn't take me long to uh, run to make that pick. Um, you know, with McCaffrey, he can do so many different things, um, especially uh, catching, the, catching the balls out of the backfield. So, that puts a lot of stress on your defense, whether you're a linebacker or a safety, knowing that you're going to have to um, right. cover this guy. He's a, he's a true matchup problem mm. coming out of the backfield receiving the ball. But he's you know he's a tough between the tackles guy too, and he did a lot of that at Stanford. Ran right. a lot of power, a lot of a lot of um, stuff between the tackles. Even though he's not you know extremely big, right. he's tough, has good uh, good balance, good runs with good power, good contact balance. But he he definitely presents a problem for defenses. Uh, we're talking to London Fletcher, longtime uh, NFL linebacker. Hey, London, you're working with Crown Royal. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I've I teamed up with uh, Crown Royal this year. You know, um, for me, I played 16 seasons on the on the field, and uh, I know the importance of staying hydrated. And with t- Crown Royal, we've teaming up to encourage fans off the field uh, to take water breaks uh, during this football football season across the country and you know it's extremely important that they take those uh those uh water breaks in between cocktails um you know i do it uh when i'm enjoying my uh 
Crown Royal Regal Apple and Cranberry Juice uh, oh, cocktail. Nice. I take my water breaks as well. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's important to take those water breaks. Stay hydrated, obviously, yeah. and enjoy your Crown Royal. London, uh, Antonio Brown up there in Foxborough. Um, you, you know, number one, a lot of speculation, and Belichick wouldn't answer. Number one, do you think the Patriots knew that this lawsuit was coming down before they signed him? Number two is, how do you think this plays out with Brown up in Foxborough? I don't think they knew this was coming down. Um, um, I don't think you signed a guy knowing that this um, this is another distraction or red flag or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't think they signed him knowing that they was that was going to happen. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. Um, it's a legal situation, and, and obviously it'll uh, play out through the uh, through the legal system. Um, you know, um, and that's kind of how it. I was going to be. I don't know from an NFL standpoint. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to proceed with it. Um, the if the league decides to place them on a commissioner's uh, exempt list, um, you know, through their investigation, that that and that is an option that they have. Um, you know, that'll be interesting because, um, you know, suppose he's found uh, to be innocent, and you know, that that was harm done to him. But if he's if he's guilty. Um, you know, obviously, um, he can't be on the football field. So we'll see how the, how it plays out from a legal standpoint. Well, putting aside the seriousness of these allegations by this young lady towards uh, Antonio Brown, I got to ask you, London. You know, during your years, you now you were a leader, and I mean, I never never played on the field with you. Never was in a locker room with you. But I would assume that you were probably a, a pretty tough leader behind closed doors to your teammates at times, especially younger guys and stuff trying on the come up. You know, I I don't know. I just. I'm just trying to envision Antonio Brown and London Fletcher on the same team in a locker room and, and him doing some of the stuff he did in Pittsburgh, like some of his, you know, and, and all the stuff that happened with the Raiders and stuff. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, how would you handle something, not just Antonio, but uh, you don't have to name names, but I'm assuming you've come across guys that you had as a leader, as a captain, talk to guys. So maybe speak on that a little bit for folks that maybe never played the game or never been a captain of a sport or something. Yeah, it's... Um... It's a situation where you as a leader, as a captain, and um, I was a captain on every team I played on. Um, I was even a captain my rookie year with the Rams. It's your responsibility when you have guys who are not totally on board with what you're trying to do as a team that you have to um, pull a guy in, talk with them, um, to try to get those guys on board. And if they're not going to be totally on board, you know, hey, maybe this guy needs to move on, Coach. You know, you talk to the team about that as well. Um, I think it's too much. Um, you can't rely on the coach to always be delivering the message. You have to have guys in your locker room that polices the locker room, and that was something that I, I did on multiple occasions. If I saw guys, you know, not doing um, what they needed to be doing, you know, not being the pros that they need to be, then you you have conversation with them guys. And, you know, sometimes it takes multiple conversations, and, and if they're not – um, still not getting it, then you know you encourage uh, you encourage the team. Hey, man, you know this guy's not not totally on board. We we'd be better off without him. Um, London to the Jets and Adam Gaze, who uh, you know tough opening week loss, blowing a sixteen nothing lead at home, losing to the Buffalo Bills. We know the place kicker situation. Ficken now in, Avitka out. Um, but Gaze addressing and talking about that game. The messaging there, where it, and, and clearly it's a player's league here. 
Uh, there's no doubt. But he put it all on the players and didn't kind of point to himself. What about what you heard from Adam Gaze after that tough week, opening week loss from the Jets? Well, um, you know, I know with with uh, Adam Gaze, he's been a head coach, and he, he should know how to handle the media in the uh, – in a press conference, um, you know, he's not a rookie head coach, and, you know, um, maybe he's just trying to find a different way to challenge his players um, from that standpoint. Would that but, bother you, you know, as a player, though? Not, not – somewhat, somewhat. I think um, after a loss, or even not even after a loss, any time in the media you should always, first and foremost, put the, put the responsibility on you and say, hey – I didn't coach well enough, um, or talk more in general terms. Hey, we didn't we didn't coach these guys well enough. We didn't play well enough. Um, so I think it's easy to do that now in the meeting rooms. You hold guys accountable. You hold guys responsible. Hey, you know you address problems inside your locker room in, the, in those team meeting rooms. But with the media, you have to take the responsibility, take the blame. Fair. Um, hey, London, um, we appreciate the time this morning. We really do. Enjoy all the week two action, and uh, we'll make sure to hydrate while we're enjoying our Crown Royal, all right? <laughs> Absolutely. Do, do it, guys. All right, man. We you appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.